You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey, y'all, it's Bridget here. I'm really excited about the podcast today as we're leading up to Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans this July. Today's guest is Francisca Troutman. She is a co-founder and CEO of Glass Half Full. Francisca was born and raised in Louisiana, where she witnessed our coastal erosion crisis and lack of recycling options. She co-founded Glass Half Full alongside of Matt Steets to tackle these two issues. Glass Half Full's mission is to recycle glass into sand for coastal restoration and so much more. After graduating with honors in chemical engineering in 2020, she continued to pursue Glass Half Full full time. She now serves as a CEO, forging new partnerships and leading coastal restoration efforts. She's also partnered with Tales of the Cocktail on many of their recycling efforts during their conference. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a glass of your favorite cocktail and enjoy this very special episode. Francisco, welcome to Served Up. I am so excited to have you on the show today. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you so much. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. So I was born and raised in Louisiana. I grew up in a small town outside of Lafayette and had always witnessed our lack of recycling as well as our coastal erosion crisis here in Louisiana. And for college, I went to Tulane University, studied chemical engineering. And by my senior year, my co-founder and I were sharing a bottle of wine. And we realized that that bottle would end up in a landfill because we had no glass recycling in the state of Louisiana. And so we sort of hatched a plan to do something about it and realized that we could turn this glass back into sand and then use that sand to ultimately protect our coast. That's incredible. Can you let me know what year that was? Yeah, that was in 2020. So this is fairly recent. What a beautiful thing. Like, and that's unbelievable that there wasn't already a program in place in the state. A lot of people are surprised by how little... We recycle throughout the U.S. really, but um, Louisiana is one of the worst. We're generally 49th or 50th in the country for the amount of waste that we recycle. Wow. I know you're doing your best to change that. How does Glass Half Full Recycling Program in New Orleans contribute to really rebuilding the coast? Yeah. So essentially we collect glass from all over the state. And then we convert it into sand at our facility in New Orleans, which is essentially pulverizing that glass, separating any non-glass pieces. So like caps, corks, labels, all of that come out. And we create this sand that's actually very similar to um, our native sediment, which is a silica sand. 
And so we are now working on projects that utilize our recycled glass sand for coastal restoration. So we just did one in Big Branch National Wildlife Refuge um, a few weeks ago and are, you know, constantly adding more and more projects utilize sand and coastal restoration. Why does our coast need rebuilding? Oh, if you haven't heard, so here in Louisiana specifically, we lose a football field's worth of land every 100 minutes due to coastal erosion. It's an insane statistic, but it's real, unfortunately. But additionally, all of the U.S. shoreline is experiencing what scientists call moderate to severe erosion. So essentially, most coasts in the U.S. are eroding and globally. And so uh, we really have to figure out ways to prevent this because, as we know, coastal cities are huge. They're a huge part of our, what we do in the U.S. Uh, and so protecting them is, is super crucial. There's definitely a spotlight right now on environmental awareness, which is great. You know, 20 years ago, not so much, but in the day that we live in, there is a lot of attention around this. Um, what are the environmental benefits of recycling glass for coastal rebuilding, maybe compared to using other materials? Yeah, so it's a multi pronged answer, I'd say. Um, so essentially, the first thing you have to know is that otherwise this glass would be going to a landfill where it would never do any good. And really across the U.S., 70% of all of the glass that's created ends up in a landfill. Traditionally, the recycling methods are to turn that glass back into new glass. And the reason we can't do that here in Louisiana and through much of the Gulf South is that we don't have bottle manufacturers down here to bring that glass to, to then turn it into new glass. So that's really why it's ending up in the landfill. And then on the coastal restoration side, the sand that we use for coastal restoration is generally dredged from our waterways. So essentially it's like digging at the bottom of a waterway to get sand and then use that in a project. So that can be disruptive to the local ecosystems. It can utilize a lot of energy to use those machines to dig up the sand and then sift through it. And so essentially what we're able to do is create a sand that's just as good, if not better, than this traditionally dredged sand um, out of what would have ultimately ended up in the landfill. So it's kind of a win-win. It's really interesting. Um, how has Glass Half Full collaborated with local communities and organizations to really to enhance your impact? Yeah, collaboration is at the heart of what we do at Glass Half Full since the beginning. Um, we've always put out into the community what our goals are, what we wanted to do, what we want to accomplish. Um, so for example, one of our first partners in the coastal restoration space was the Point of Shen Indian tribe. And so working with indigenous communities who are on the forefront of coastal erosion was always key for us to be able to understand how we can utilize our products the best, what makes the most sense in terms of coastal restoration, what are these communities thinking of? And then in terms of glass collection, always partnering with community organizations to collect the glass, to make glass recycling more accessible, to make glass recycling education more accessible and more widespread. Um, and so at every level of what we do from that collection piece to processing, to hiring, to ultimately using the sand, we try to um, partner with, with community members and organizations and ensure that we're 
always working in collaboration with people as opposed to sort of working alone or doing our own thing. We always kind of want to almost double check, like, what do you think that we should do about this? Um, what do you think the best solution to this is? How do we get more people involved? Um, how do we make the biggest impact? That's wonderful. What measures um, do you t- really take to ensure that, you know, you have like the proper collection, the processing and the utilization of recycled glass for the restoration projects? From the beginning, I, I studied chemical engineering. So I'm a scientist at heart for sure. I always knew that we had to do the proper research, the proper um, protocols to um, ensure this is safe and feasible for the environment. And so I teamed up with some of my previous professors at Tulane University in the chemical engineering department. And um, those professors, we, we did some preliminary research with some students to see like, hey, what, what's the actual composition of the recycled glass sand? And then we used that preliminary research to apply for a National Science Foundation grant, um, which we ultimately received, which has allowed us to partner with over 20 scientists and engineers from Tulane, but also other universities, other institutions to basically take a cross section of everything that would be involved in putting recycled glass sand on the coast and researching each one of those things. So like plant interactions, animal interactions, microbial interactions, um, geotechnical properties, water properties, um, how all of those things interact. And that started in 2021. And so the research has been going so well that we've already been able to do demonstration projects and have actually continued to expand that research even beyond Louisiana. So now we're looking at where else could this be used where there is no glass recycling and where there's also coastal erosion. So specifically really looking at the Gulf South, but there's so many other places around the world that have these two issues as well. How does coastal erosion affect the environment? So here in Louisiana specifically, I mean, when we talk about coastal erosion, one of the main things that is so scary is that the more the coast erodes, the closer those hurricanes come to us, the closer the sea level rises, the closer the the closer everything comes essentially. And so when we're protecting and restoring our coast, we're protecting everyone inland from those storms and those rising sea levels. And then um, additionally in Louisiana, the coast is our livelihood. You know, we export the most seafood out of any state. Um, and we're really, we really rely on our coastal resources for our livelihood down here. And so protecting and restoring those habitats and those environments where those, um, where that sea life thrives is crucial. It absolutely is. My goodness. I didn't realize you said, um, a football field every hundred minutes is diminished. Is that what you said? So what does that equate in a year? Too much land. (laughs) Too much land. Oh my God. It's, it's just. It's just wild. Oh my gosh. Um, are there any future plans or expansions for a glass um, half full program to really further to contribute to coastal rebuilding and sustainability in New Orleans? Yes. So short term, our goal really is to expand throughout Louisiana. So um, in the entire state, there's no glass recycling. And so that's our short term goal is um, expanding throughout Louisiana, making sure we can collect all the glass we can get. And then being able to use that for coastal restoration, since we've already, you know, shown the safety, proven that it's effective. And then from there, we hope to build out other glass half bowls where they're needed. So I mentioned the Gulf South, how there's really a lack of glass recycling throughout the Gulf South, and then also 
course, coastal erosion. And so we're looking at expanding to other states um, that have these issues as well. So building out facilities capable of recycling glass in those states. You know, does it really depend on who you elect locally? You know, I just want to talk about politics just really quickly, because when we're talking about, you know, this land erosion truly affects the community is, does it start at grassroots? Does it, does it really start at, you know, who's in office locally? How can people support half glass full fully? Yeah, I think it's, it's at all levels, truly. So even I hear a lot in the climate space that, you know, individual actions don't matter, or, you know, it's really all about the high level, which in some cases is true. And we need those up, up at the top to be helping and contributing to these issues. But um, individual actions do matter. They do count. So with something like glass recycling, there are so many ways for you to recycle your glass, you know, with us, if you're in Louisiana, you know, bringing it to a drop-off, signing up for pickups, um, getting your, where you work on board with recycling, whether it's a bar, restaurant, casino, um, ensuring that the glass is recycled, that on an individual level is possible and people can do that. And those actions add up to everything we've been able to do because without being able to collect and recycle all of the glass, we wouldn't have been able to do anything. And then there is the, that higher level. So for example, um, John Bell Edwards, who's the governor of Louisiana right now, has set aside so much money for coastal restoration. He has secured so much funding for these restoration projects. And obviously without that, like so much of what we've been able to do wouldn't have been possible throughout the state. Um, and so there's there's definitely work to be done at each level. No one is no one is safe from not doing anything. <laughs> That's good to know, right? It's good for the residents to hear. And I think that it's good for our listeners really to understand and to have awareness of. And so with that said, you know, how does your program engage with like local schools and businesses and residents to really help to raise that awareness about recycling and conservation? Yeah, that's a great question. And Really, at the end of the day, because Louisianians have been throwing away glass for so long, so much of it is a behavior change, where instead of putting that beer bottle, that wine bottle in the trash, now you need to be able to change that behavior and do something about recycling it. Um, and so obviously, we think starting with the kids is key. Um, so we have visited high schools, middle schools, elementary schools. We've done, um, you know, after school programs, we've done, you know, girls in STEM programs. So we have different lesson plans and presentations that we're able to go in and, and deliver to talk about the importance of recycling, um, what we do, what we've been able to do locally, and um, just educate kids, kids on that. And then additionally, we utilize social media for just about everything. And uh, a big piece of that we think is also education. So even just showing people what we've been able to do. So if someone lives in Texas or somewhere else where they don't have glass recycling in their community, they can say, oh, well, I saw this group do this. Maybe I could talk to my local government and see what's possible for my community. So there's so many ways to educate and encourage people to be able to recycle and change their behavior and trying to utilize every, every possible tool we can. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how does the local community respond, you know, to the program itself? And have you really witnessed like any notable changes in their attitudes towards environmental um, conservation? Absolutely. I mean, 
truly without the New Orleans community, we wouldn't be here. You know, our first step in making Glass Half Full reality was starting a GoFundMe. So that's how we got the first capital to be able to recycle, to be able to turn the glass into something new. And so we had to, you know, reach out to the community and be like, hey, can you give us some money? Like, what do you think about this? Um, are y'all excited? And the community responded so well. People were really um, excited about it, gave us money, obviously. And we got around $15,000 to start Glass Half Full. And since then, we've definitely seen a huge shift, like in people, you know, who bring us glass who are now like, hey, well, what do I do with this thing? Like, is this recyclable? Like, what do I do with batteries? Like, you know, all these different things that people are now starting to think a little bit more about their waste <laughs> than they would have otherwise done. Um, and especially being able to make those changes at like the larger level. So like going into bars and saying, hey, what if we added a glass bin here and your bartenders would be able to just separate the glass from everything else and really getting those more systematic changes um, happening has been really awesome to see. It really is amazing. You know, I've been to New Orleans I, too many times in my <laughs> lifetime and definitely um, a lot of glass there on Bourbon Streets and you know, on Frenchman Street. It is a big, you know, it's a town where people definitely go to celebrate. Um, what obstacles did you face when you really, when you first started with that thought of, I'm going to do this, you know, I have a partner and we're going to conquer the world of conservation. It is no small thing that you're doing. So tell me about the obstacles that you faced and how you overcame them. It definitely wasn't as easy as it sounds. Yeah. Um, I think obviously the first hurdle was money. And so we started that GoFundMe and got $15,000 and, and, you know, was it, we're able to get a small operation started, but the need for capital didn't stop there. You know, it hasn't even stopped since. So it's a very capital intensive operation. We need machinery, we need trucks, we need vans. Like a lot of this requires um, a good amount of money. And so that's always been an obstacle. And then I think after that, it really was that, that research piece. So it's like, well, conceptually, glass comes from sand. We should be able to turn it back into sand. That's a natural resource. We should be able to use it in the environment. Um, but obviously, it wasn't that simple. And it was such a new thing that hadn't been done before that that was a huge obstacle to be able to educate people, change people's minds, prove to them that, you know, we've done this research, we've done this. Um, it is safe, it is, you know, feasible, and we can do it. And we're still doing that today. I think education has always been a huge piece because um, most people, when they think of glass recycling, they think, well, the glass should be turned back into new bottles. And then, you know, having to explain why we're not able to do that and what we're doing instead and why that's still important. And so I think um, generally educating people has been a another big obstacle for us. Yeah, it's just incredible. Can you maybe highlight a few of your success stories that Glass Half Full has achieved? Yeah, I love that question. So just um, a few weeks ago, we completed our largest coastal restoration project yet. So we utilized 100,000 pounds of sand, which is essentially 200,000 beer bottles. Wow. Um, <laughs> Was that just one night on Bourbon Street or how Basically, long did it take yeah. <laughs> Like, is this one LSU game? Like, is that roughly what it is? Um, which is crazy because you could think about how much we could do with just 200,000 beer bottles. Like, we could collect so much more. 
Um, but we were able to restore three areas of the coast along Lake Pontchartrain in um, a national wildlife refuge, which was really awesome, really hard work, but very rewarding. And our largest coastal project yet, which is super exciting. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think just in general, something I've been trying to celebrate more is just how far we've come. You know, we started this three years ago, roughly in a backyard with a small machine and we've just been grinding, literally grinding away ever since crushing glass. And so like just looking at our facility today, it's 40,000 square feet, you know, we're able to recycle um, 3 million pounds of glass per year. And it's just something that I never would have even imagined. And so it's really rewarding to just look back at our progress. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. That is really amazing. Can you tell the listeners what that rebuild looks like? Like when it is time to rebuild um, part of the coast, what does that day look like? Yeah, so it starts um, on the coast. (laughs) Um, So for us, we went to Big Branch National Wildlife Refuge. And, you know, you can only drive up to a certain point and then you got to get in boats and go out to the actual marsh which is muddy it's it's you're in it um but it's it's a lot of fun and so moving the sand is really such a huge feat um so we utilized a barge so just a big barge um that had about 10,000 pounds of sand per barge load and so the barge would come out and we would all go to the barge unload the sand onto piros like little canoes and then move that into the to the actual place we needed to put it. And so essentially with this project, we restored blowouts, which is essentially where hurricanes came in and like blew through the coast and created these like openings in the coastline. And so with our sand, we bagged it in biodegradable burlap. So it was like a sandbag. And we essentially rebuilt that coastline. So we put we built essentially a wall with our sandbags where the coast used to be. And then behind it was still open water. And so we planted bulrush behind it. So planted marsh grass behind it. And so that marsh grass will grow, fill in the coast. And then our sandbags will be where that, that new coastline is, which is essentially where the coastline was. So a lot of planting, a lot of moving sands, um, a lot of trudging through the marsh, <laughs> stopping for lunch and water when you can. And yeah, really rewarding work. Totally rewarding. How many people do you work with to do this? And how long did it take you? So it only took us two days, which was surprising. So we moved about 50,000 pounds of sand per day, plus planted on top of that. So planted the plants and moved the sand. And that's in you know huge huge part due to our partners so the main partner was fish and wildlife that um manages that land and then also the coalition to restore coastal louisiana and common ground relief so all these partners came together to to complete this project and it was about 70 volunteers per day which is a ton of people (laughs) that's amazing but how rewarding can you tell my listener tell our listeners about the wildlife on these coasts, especially for those who we have a lot of international listeners that may have never even considered visiting New Orleans or don't know much about. So can you maybe share about 
you know, those critters that you're really protecting and, you know, you're really creating, um, you know, a safe place for their environment. Yeah. So most of the critters we're protecting so that we can eventually eat them. (laughs) So if you've never been to Louisiana, we are huge on seafood, seafood capital of the world. Maybe that might be a name we have. Um, So anything from crabs, soft shell crab to crawfish, so little uh, mud bugs to uh, fish, of course, um, all different types of, of creatures. And then of course, um, last year on our restoration day, we also saw an alligator. So a lot of gators in that area as well. And, um, then, you know, what everyone always sees birds and things. We actually saw dolphins too. So like Pontchartrain is brackish. And so they had dolphins as well, but yeah, mostly to eat, we have crawfish, shrimp, crabs, fish, all that good stuff. And so ensuring that um, these areas where specific animals live continue to be because if everything turned into open water and we no longer had our marshland, then the, some of these animals would, would lose their habitats. It really is really important work. Can you provide some insights into the economic benefits or job opportunities that the recycle program generates for the local community? Yeah, so that's that's another win I could have said, which has, has been a really cool part of the process. We have a team of 15 now. So we've essentially created 15 jobs um, that are surrounding, you know, green, being recycl- uh, recycling, being green, uh, doing something good, especially in a place where, um, you know, my family worked in oil and gas, um, a lot of people's livelihoods still depend on the oil and gas industry, which is very extractive and actually furthers coastal erosion. So to be able to create jobs in a space that helps the environment and hopefully reverses those things has been really awesome. And we we plan to create hundreds of jobs by the time we're done growing. So the more the more glass we can recycle, the more jobs we can create. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, in what ways can individuals and organizations outside of New Orleans and Louisiana support or contribute to Glass Half Full's efforts in rebuilding the coast and promoting sustainability? So we're big on social media. So you can always follow us on TikTok and Instagram, Glass Half Full NOLA. And we also sell small amounts of our sand and gravel. So we've had a lot of people purchase it for um, art, artistic reasons for their fish tanks, for their yard, for their garden, for their plants, whatever it is, we can um, sell blue sand, green sand, clear sand, all made from recycled bottles here in New Orleans. So that's a super fun and easy way to support us as well. That's awesome. Francisca, I want to thank you so much for coming on Served Up today. I admire all of the efforts that your organization does. I think that you are such a powerhouse for just, just you saw a problem and you're really trying to solve it. If more people would do that, our world would be a much better place. So thank you. you. Thank you for all that you do. And I just want to wish you some great health and a lot of peace. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. 
Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!